0: Hello, welcome, and thanks for checking in today to No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. I'm an Airbnb ambassador and 17 time super host, and I've hosted over 1,000 reservations. I'm a stay at home mom of two and manage my eight listings remotely. My mission is to help new and experienced vacation rental hosts turn their listings into fully booked, profitable properties that can be managed from anywhere so you too can have no vacancies. If that sounds good to you, let's get, get right right, into right the, into the, the show. show. <laughs> Incy wincy spider went up the water spout. Hello everybody and welcome back to a spooky Halloween edition of No Vacancy, the podcast. If you were a listener last year, you may remember episode 28 where we did our Halloween special and I shared some of the spookiest haunted Airbnb ghost stories I could find out on the internet. Well, you guys loved that episode, so we are bringing it back for this year and I've got some terrifying stories teed up for you all today without further ado, let's jump into our first one. This story comes from Reddit and is titled, Paranormal Airbnb Experience with the Homies. To start, this story takes place in a different state in which I traveled to meet up with internet friends. We've met up IRL before, so I completely trust them and their judgment. We rented out an Airbnb which had a few red flags, mainly a carpeted bathroom. But that's not the main room in which i felt weird about my friend e and i decided that for this trip we would take a room that had double beds and room together since that's our thing we do on trips i love e and consider him one of my closest best friends i arrived to the airbnb before e and found our room which was in the basement upon entering the basement i could immediately tell the energy was just off something wasn't right i turned to two other friends n and o And let them know that I felt like there was something off, not right, but a little more darker than what I'd like. I'd like to think I'm open to energies a bit more. I also know when something is off due to having dealt with a bad spirit in my house when I was around 14. N and O just shrugged and tried to reassure me that it was just due to being tired after a lot of traveling and having gotten little sleep the night before. To be honest, that is what I chalked it up to. Leading up to the trip, I was binging a lot of paranormal stories during work. I work as a housekeeper in a hotel, and I figured I was just psyching myself out. Come time when E arrived, we didn't go to sleep until it was around 3 a.m. I was uneasy about going to sleep, but I figured it would be fine. We hop into bed and I put on my AirPods to listen to some sleep ASMR. With the lights off, I felt something was watching E and I. I tried to push it off, but the feeling was overwhelming like something was present in the room. I like to think I just have an overactive mind, but I felt like something was at the end of my bed and I was worried I'd feel a pressure on my legs. At some point, I did open my eyes. I swear to everything, I saw someone in the corner of the room staring at us. It was for a brief second before my eyes adjusted and nothing was there. I told myself it was just E's blanket that looked weird and I was paranoid. Eventually, I was able to sleep I only slept for like 6 hours though before I woke up in a panic. I had awful nightmares and couldn't go back to sleep when I woke. Feeling groggy, I head out to just get ready to hang out with my friends. E followed suit about half an hour later, joining me and O in the basement with another friend of ours. We sat in silence before I decided to make breakfast. E and the other friend, we'll call him T, followed. That's when I decided to bring up the previous night's experience for me. Immediately, E's eyes widened when I recounted feeling like something was watching us as we slept in the room, telling me to shut up. I thought he just didn't wanna hear anything and didn't want me making him paranoid. I couldn't have been more wrong. As it turns out, E had the exact same experience. He said he could see eyes watching us and the figure looking shadowy, his face sunken. Though I hadn't seen the thing for long, that was exactly the image I swear I saw. They immediately said they didn't like the energy in the corner of the room. And N stepped into the closet that is right in said corner. He shook his head, letting us know he did not vibe with the energy emanating from the closet. We agreed and closed the closet. N said he would sage the room since he's Native American. Unfortunately, I did have to step back into the room to grab my laptop. I immediately looked at the closet and it made a creaking noise, almost as if someone or something was pushing against it. I said nope and left the room, shaking my head and letting O know what just happened. As I'm writing this, the experience happened today, so it's pretty recent and I'll keep everyone updated on what happens. We're here for the whole weekend. I just don't want people to worry here in our friend group. I'm just glad I'm not the only one who's had this experience. Even another one of our friends has slept the whole day, which is weird for them. I'm worried it's because of whatever is in this house, if there is anything. They're in the room next to E and I in the basement. I know this is semi-long, but I plan on keeping everyone updated on what happens, if anything else happens tonight. I've decided I won't be talking to whatever is in our room, in case it attaches itself to E or I. Part 2. Update to the Paranormal Airbnb Experience with the Homies Hi, y'all. As promised, I am making an update to the Airbnb that is haunted. That night, things escalated in the Airbnb, and not in a great way. The second night we stayed, we closed the closet that was in our room. We figured that the closet was the source of the issue, so it was a no-brainer that we should keep the closet closed. E put his backpack in the closet door so nothing would be able to open it. That night, E only got two hours of sleep, while I got around five-ish. That morning... E and I end up asking N to sage the place. But to our dismay, there is a rule of no smoking or smoke or weed in the house. So N was unable to. But he took us out to the driveway where he performed a Native American ritual that was supposed to cleanse our souls and bodies of whatever was in that room. We immediately felt better. I was feeling nauseous all night and that morning. But E had it the worst. He had his head on my shoulder trying to keep from throwing up. That ritual helped us feel better, but only for a short time. Later that day, we could feel whatever was in that closet was pissed. It wasn't happy with the ritual and it wasn't happy we closed the closet. E tried taking a nap on the sofa and reported feeling the spirit or whatever this thing is standing at the doorway of our room, watching him. Then E said he felt the spirit right next to him, staring down. I had to step into the room to grab my hairbrush and heard a knocking coming from inside that closet. There was absolutely no way nothing could hit the door as it was empty. I ended up taking a nap in O's room after that. I asked T and O if I could, seeing as I felt the thing was following me everywhere in the house. Luckily, I was able to talk to my ex. Some background on my ex and I, I'm a Hellenistic polytheist, which means I believe and worship the Greek pantheon, while my ex works with other pantheons such as Norse and Roman. I reached out to ask how to deal with this, seeing as they're a lot more spiritual than I am. My ex recommended a protective rune that should help keep E and I safe, as long as we keep it under our pillows. My ex also recommended praying to a few of the Roman and Greek gods of protection to help E and I stay safe. My ex made sure to make it known that we had to do what we could, because this spirit could latch onto us, and it would be all downhill from there if it did. After our talk, I took my ex's advice and let E know what we should do. I drew a few runes on a paper and discreetly handed them out. There were and are people in the Airbnb who didn't want to hear about it, and we respect that. I wanted to keep things as down low as possible. That night we slept in the living room, as the overwhelming sense of dread and anger was stronger than ever. I should also mention my ex instructed me to put the protective rune against the closet to keep the thing weakened. Before E and I went to bed, we did end up praying as instructed by my ex. E said he felt dizzy, so I didn't push him any further than I was comfortable with. I was just hoping things would die down, which they didn't. That night, as we drifted off to bed, E and I both felt that spirit move upstairs, walking around the living room. It was in the dining room and the hallway that leads to the front door. We both chose to ignore this, and I was eventually able to fall asleep once I felt the space was safe. He said he felt protective barriers around the room go up and said he would never felt a prayer be answered so fast in his life. I'm choosing to believe the gods we prayed to heard our prayers and helped us be safe that night. N from earlier said he felt the presence move to his room, but he wasn't afraid. In his words, the motherfucker is stuck with me, not the other way around. We do love N for his fearlessness. The final night we stayed in the house was the worst. The presence was angry. It followed us wherever we went. One of my friends stayed in the room with me while I packed up my suitcase since we were due to leave the Airbnb the next morning. This friend will call R. R said the vibes were off and weird, that they didn't like being alone down in our room. T stepped into our room, looking down at the floor, glancing at the closet door that remained closed and said, No, I don't like the vibes in here, before walking away. T later asked me to pray for his room and his space and asked for the same runes E and I had. R also asked for a rune, just in case. I was more than happy to comply because I wanted to keep my friends safe on the final night. E and I repeated our actions from the night before, praying and keeping our protection close to us. The overwhelming sense of dread filled the living room from the dining room. I made a comment how it was in the dining room, and R just said they were choosing to not look back. It's still crazy to think how E and I knew where it was. It wasn't trying to hide anymore. It was angry. Thankfully, the protective barriers went up just like the previous night. We were able to sleep without issue and by morning, we were on our way. I just had to grab the rune that was against the closet. As soon as I picked it up and pocketed it, I felt so sick and gross. I felt dreadful. I don't really know how to describe it. Just that the presence of this spirit was powerful and upset. The only abnormal thing to happen after is E left later than I did. He said the washing machine turned on randomly in the basement while the door to the laundry room was locked. I can only think it was the spirit or demon or whatever it was behind the washing machine turn on. While I miss my friends, I am not going to miss that Airbnb we stayed in. There were moments where the door that led to the room was open and I know I closed that door all the way. I can only hope that the spirit, if it is that finds peace and leaves the tenants alone and to the future tenants of that Airbnb I hope they don't piss that thing off our second story I found from a YouTube channel called let's read I want to give them credit and they say that this story was submitted by a host named Catherine Anderson and it took place in 2016 a few years ago my grandparents passed away and in their will they left me their house It was a two-story home and a bit of a fixer-upper, but it was just a short walk from a very popular beach. It took a while to repair the place, but I eventually got it up and running and thought to list it on Airbnb. This is back when Airbnb wasn't too popular yet, so I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but thought I would give it a try. It was a three-bedroom home, and I chose to live in one of the bedrooms while renting out the other two individually. To my surprise, the place did really well. At least one room was booked constantly, and most weekends, both rooms were booked. Because I lived there, I was able to go above and beyond for the guest experience. I would make them breakfast, give them directions, become friends with the guests. I have to admit, I was pretty good at playing host. I had nothing but great reviews and quickly got Superhost status. It's a silly, meaningless title, honestly, but I was really proud of it. My mom, however, was always worried about me doing this. She constantly told me that I was just asking for trouble by letting so many strangers into the house. At her insistence, I installed a double cylinder commercial grade deadbolt on my room. This specific type of lock would require a key to open it from both inside and outside. Honestly, it was a bit of a hassle, but it eased my mom's mind and let me keep hosting. I tried to tell her too, that I only accepted guests who had previous reviews, so I was always able to get an idea for who the person was. That seemed to keep me protected. Until this night. I found myself on the rare occasion of having zero bookings. Neither of the two bedrooms was booked. I thought, perfect. I get a night off and the house to myself. I decided to treat myself to a little self-care evening. Bottle of wine, jazz music on the speaker and a soak in the full-size jacuzzi tub in the guest bathroom I was relaxing in the bath filled with bubbles, candles on two glasses of wine deep when I heard it the unmistakable sound of my front door opening I held my breath and listened carefully I heard it, someone creaking up the stairs and by the sound of the steps I could tell it was someone much heavier than I was I blew out all the candles so I could just sit in the dark. My heart was pounding so loudly I thought it would explode right out of my chest. I heard the footsteps reach the top of the stairs, shuffle right past the bathroom where I was, and reach the end of the hallway, where my bedroom was located. That's when I remembered, my bedroom door was unlocked tonight. I Left it unlocked thinking I was the only person who'd be in the house. Not knowing what else to do, I grabbed my phone and texted 911, my name and address. A second later, my phone vibrated with an automated message from the phone company, telling me 911 messaging wasn't available and if this was an emergency, I needed to call. Next, I hear the footsteps leave my bedroom and start walking back down the hallway towards the bathroom that I'm in. I quickly start composing an email on my phone to send to myself, in order to make my laptop ping back in my bedroom, hoping that would create a distraction. I hit send, wait a second, and it works. I hear the ping from my bedroom, and clearly the intruder heard it too. The footsteps stop just before the bathroom, and I hear him start walking back towards my bedroom again. As soon as I could tell he was back in my room, I quietly dialed 911. I told them my situation and the 911 operator told me she sent dispatch and they would be there in five minutes (laughs) five minutes really i stand up to get out of the bath every single drop hitting the water echoed so loudly throughout the entire upstairs any moment i knew the water droplets would give away my presence but i had one last chance to create a distraction i grab my phone and reconnect it to the Bluetooth speaker downstairs in my kitchen. The diversion worked. I hear him run out of my bedroom and start hulking his way down the stairs. Perfect. This was my chance. I wrap myself in a towel and start quietly tiptoeing my way to my bedroom. I knew as soon as I got there, I could lock the door from the inside and just wait for police. Only one problem. I make it to my room and realize I didn't have the key. It was in the pocket of my jacket, which was hanging right at the top of the railing of the stairs. I start creeping back down the hall, just a few steps away from my jacket, tiptoeing as quietly as I could, when suddenly, the music from downstairs stops. Not one moment later, I hear the steps coming back up the stairs. I just jumped into the nearest closet and shut the door. I could hear him at the top of the stairs, now inching over towards the bathroom. I imagined that he saw my wet footprints on the tile and the fogged-up mirror, and he knew he had just missed me. I was up here somewhere. Next, I hear him walk back towards my bedroom. I was crouched in fear in the closet, my heart pounding just waiting for me to hear police sirens come up the street. Next, I hear him throw open the closet door to my bedroom. That was my chance. I was in the guest room closet. And with that distraction, I knew I could run. I run back to my jacket, still hanging at the top of the stair railing, grab the key out of the pocket, and lunge for my bedroom door, knowing I could lock him inside. Just as I reached the door, right before I'm about to lock it, we made eye contact. I realized I knew him. He was a recent guest. Who booked with his wife. There was a tense moment where we stared at each other, both frozen. Then, he lunged. I quickly closed the door, locked it from the outside, and bolted downstairs. I made it out of the house, and then sat on the front porch, waiting for the cops to arrive. Twenty minutes later, they showed up. I directed them to the bedroom upstairs, and they said when they went in, he was just waiting at the foot of the bed, calmly awaiting his fate. He didn't even fight them when they arrested him. He admitted everything. Turns out he had made a duplicate of the house key while he was out shopping with his wife. Since then, he had been browsing the Airbnb website, just waiting for a night when I had no bookings. And tonight was that night. You might be surprised to learn that after all of this, I still host today, but I did make some security upgrades, including a smart lock keypad with a code that changes after every single guest. I'm still so grateful for that double cylinder deadbolt lock that my mom insisted I get. It saved my life. Thank you, mom. Do you remember episode 68 where I got to interview Kenny Bedwell, the CEO at S-Tier Insights? Well, since his episode dropped, I have heard multiple success stories from No Vacancy listeners who have been able to find their next property thanks to Kenny and his team at S-Tier Insights. If you've been wondering if the property or market you are looking at will be a good investment or if you have no idea what market or property to start looking at please take advantage of the free call that str insights is offering no vacancy listeners you have nothing to lose with their 100 success rate i am confident that you'll be in good hands working with str insights whether you're looking for cash flow cash on cash return or long-term appreciation str insights will first help you define your goals and then identify the market and property that is right for you the team is made up of S-tier investors and operators themselves, so they know exactly what to look for in terms of a good market and property, and will make sure that you can legally operate in the areas they point you to. If you're ready to join the dozens of No Vacancy listeners who have already started working with S-tier Insights to find their next property, just click the link in my show notes to schedule your free call and get you one step closer to finding that perfect deal. Our next story comes from a YouTube channel called Sleslore. Selsor? I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I think it's Slesslor. This guest wrote, I booked this really nice Airbnb in Iowa for my little brother's graduation. He didn't know I was going to make it, so we threw a surprise party at the Airbnb for him. While we were setting up, my other brother and I went down to the basement to get an extra table. The second we got down there, we looked at each other and said, Yep, it's scary down here. We searched for the table. The longer I spent in the basement, the greater feeling of dread grew in me. We found the extra table and headed back upstairs, joking about how creepy the basement was. My whole family got together and the party started. While we were celebrating, my girlfriend decided she would run the washer, which was downstairs. She was only down in the basement for a minute before she came back up and asked if I could go down with her. She felt really scared down there and didn't want to start the washer alone. Of course I offered to go down with her, but I'll admit, after just one minute down there, I was officially scared and ready to go back upstairs to continue the party. As the night settled down, people got into their Ubers and headed back to their hotels. It was now just me and my girlfriend, unwinding after an afternoon of eating and drinking. We were relaxing when the laundry buzzer went off downstairs. I had actually forgotten about the laundry, and looked at her thinking, it was pretty strange. We started that load hours ago. Why did we not hear it buzz then and only now? A few minutes later, we decide to finally head back down. Halfway down the stairs, the buzzer goes off again, out of nowhere. It was so obnoxiously loud, and it jump scared us both. We grabbed the laundry and decided to just bring it up, wet, and air dry it upstairs. We did not want to have to start the dryer and have another reason to come back down to that basement. While the clothes are air drying, we decide to go all around the house and make sure all of the doors and windows are locked. We made our way through and finally just had one last door to lock, the door to the back garden. I go right outside, lock it up, with my back turned to the basement. I was trying to ignore the feeling of dread that I had. I should mention that this was a pretty old house. The stairs were steep and made of stone, covered in ivy. Finally, we decide it's time for bed. Our bedroom was at the very top of the house. I imagine this used to be the attic. It meant that the light switch was at the bottom of the staircase to get up to the bedroom. So you'd have to turn off the light and then walk up the stairs in the dark to make your way to the bedroom and have the lights off. We're standing at the bottom of the stairs, flip the light switch off, and just start making our way up the pitch black staircase when suddenly, we heard the loudest banging sound. It was the sound of metallic clanging, like pots or pans or something. My girlfriend and I's faces must have been frozen in fear. I run for the kitchen, so I can grab a knife. But before I do, we hear the loud clanging sound again. I flip the light switch on, which is now illuminating the top of the bedroom staircase. And we see the fan going on at full speed, a metal pole attached to it which was making the weird clanking sound. We have no idea how the fan turned on and why it was going at max power. I run up the steps to the attic slash bedroom and turn the fan off. My girlfriend and I turn all the lights back on in the house, make our way around just to make sure nothing was there. We even went outside, checked on my car, looked up at the attic window from outside. Everything was seemingly normal. We finally make our way to bed. I really didn't sleep well that night. It was hot and stuffy, and I had dreams of seeing a shadowy figure out on the lawn. I woke up the next morning, still tired, but I make my way down to the kitchen to brew some coffee. As it's brewing, I turn around, looking at the staircase to the basement. Something just wasn't right. I don't know why, but I was drawn to that basement again. For some reason, I go back to the basement, walk all the way down into it, feeling uneasy, but I look all around. There's no one and nothing there. Just as I start to make my way back up the basement stairs, that damn washing machine buzzer went off again. Nothing was in it. My girlfriend had heard it too. I stumble up out of the basement and at that moment we both said, nope, let's leave. We quickly packed our bags in a rush and proceeded to get the hell out. We've never bolted so fast out of anywhere in our lives. Once we made it into the car, I asked her how scared she was to hear that washer buzzer go off. She told me she didn't know what I was talking about. She had heard the fan turn on again with that metal pole clanking against it. She had assumed that that's what I had heard too. Now, we started thinking that there were two spirits in there missing with us simultaneously. We sped off decided to pull over at a local diner to collect ourselves with some coffee and breakfast. I decided to message the host and told them that we'd be checking out early. We told them about the washer making random noises and the fan turning on, and we asked if any of their previous guests have ever experienced this. They simply responded, thank you for staying with us. Our next story takes place in a small Ma and Pa bed and breakfast in Colorado. This was posted to Reddit by one of the new hires. If you don't believe in ghosts, I totally respect that. To be honest, before I worked at this hotel, I wasn't sure what I believed myself. When I was 19, I worked as a night auditor at a four-star hotel in my hometown. I won't name the hotel because they aren't out about being haunted. If I had known, I don't think I would have applied there, especially not for the night shift. When I was hired, I had to sign a non-disclosure agreement saying I couldn't talk to anyone, especially the media, about my experiences on the job. I didn't think anything of it at the time. I assume all hotels have something like this? On my first night, AKA my training shift, I was taught that two to three times a night we were supposed to walk around the hotel. The hotel was so small that the night auditor doubled as night security. For some context, each hallway had these beautiful floor-length mirrors at the end of each hall. The person training me advised me not to look into the mirrors while I was walking around, because if I saw something, I wouldn't be allowed to scream. The advice seemed harmless enough. On my third night shift, I happened to be sitting at the front desk with my trainer. We had a good view of the front door. The parking lot was well lit. Suddenly, movement caught the corner of my eye. A child-sized red-cloaked figure quickly came into view as they walked by they turned to look into the glass front door words will never do this face justice let's just say it wasn't the face of a living breathing child i sat there stunned unable to process what i just saw i was just about to open my mouth when i looked over to my trainer who was staring open-mouthed she barely uttered did you see that a long time passed of us just being quiet We were so uncomfortable for the rest of the shift. My trainer quit the moment the morning manager came in. She kept repeating that she had seen enough and had enough. The next night, the manager herself agreed to change her schedule to finish my training. We got along really well, and we started chatting casually. When I finally worked up the courage to ask about my old trainer quitting, the manager admitted that they never kept night auditors long. And some of the more tenured day staff actually had a betting pool about how long new hires would last. She reluctantly went on to explain why. The back story is the hotel was built in the mid-1800s, just when the town was founded. In the 1940s, there was a tragic accident where a little girl fell down the elevator shaft, and her grandfather and her dog fell to their deaths trying to save her. This was actually part of the reason the hotel was originally shut down and abandoned. It stayed empty until the 1970s, when it was bought by new owners. Since then, they have been quietly plagued by the numerous ghostly encounters. The owners of the hotel didn't want this advertised because they were trying to project the image of a high-end four-star hotel, not a haven for ghost hunters. Owner's words. She said that apparently the old man ghost was at peace and hadn't been encountered since the mid-90s. I worked there in the mid-2000s. Aside from occasionally hearing unexplained barking noises coming from two specific rooms, which, interestingly enough, were at the top of the floor on either side of the original elevator shaft, the dog wasn't making many appearances. The little girl ghost was the only one who was active. Interestingly enough, that manager, who'd been there for about five years, quit three months later when she was working late one evening and kept hearing a child's laughter. And the hotel was mostly empty and there were no children staying in the hotel that night. I lasted six months. And our final story today comes from a bed and breakfast in New Orleans. This was also posted to Reddit and the title is Haunted B&B. A few years ago, I went to New Orleans on vacation with my then boyfriend. We stayed at this really cute bed and breakfast just outside the French Quarter which has two mansions across the street from each other that were converted. On the first night, we were lying in bed watching television after a long day, when suddenly, violent punching from beneath the mattress made us both leap out of bed. The punching was strong enough that the mattress undulated where the punching was coming from under, and repeated enough times for me to not think it was a spring of some sort. After taking a moment to calm down, we both checked under the bed, and there was nothing We eventually went back to sleep, but really didn't sleep much that night. On the second night, my boyfriend woke around 4am to see someone slash something he thought was me exit the restroom and make his way back to bed. He followed the figure through the room, and as it approached the bed, he realized I was still sleeping next to him. Petrified, my boyfriend just kept staring at the figure until it finally faded away. He then woke me in a panic. There were some other minor strange things that happened in that room. Doors opening and closing by themselves. Things would be in different places in the morning than where we left them before going to bed. And we would hear footsteps coming from the room above us, even though nobody was checked into that room or the room next to it. We'd hear voices in the room and so on. We were there for four or five days. We weren't the only guests experiencing things. Over breakfast one morning, I overheard another guest tell the manager about what was going on in her room. The manager replied with, This is New Orleans, honey. It was a pretty interesting place, and I actually would go back. And with that, it is now checkout time. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you back here next week. Lastly, as Airbnb hosts, we all can appreciate a good five-star review, so you already know a great review on this podcast would mean so much to me. Please subscribe, review, share, and connect with me in the show notes below. Bye!